words again tonight, Judges chapter 8. If you would, Judges chapter 8. We started in on this passage last week, and I just want to do a little bit of review. Uh, we have a lot of people here that weren't here then, and, and uh, so I'll go over just a little bit of what we were talking about on this retribution <clears throat> that Gideon, uh, he is, he is uh, chasing the last vestige of the Midianite army. And we see a situation that happens to Gideon here that is often we find ourselves in in our Christian lives where we just get tired, we get fatigued, we get ready to throw in the towel, uh, and what do we do at that point? Maybe even during a time of victory this happens. But uh, So we began last week looking at this uh, period in Gideon's life when he was weary, that, and he and his men, uh, they dealt with some criticism, and they were steadfast despite it all. We're going to start here at verse number 4, and then we'll read uh, as we kind of go through the verses uh, for sake of time, we'll just read the verses as we deal with them. But verse 4, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over he and the 300 men that were with him, faint, yet pursuing them. Faint, yet pursuing. I love those words. I like that description. They were tired, but they didn't quit. They were uh, faint. They were fatigued. They were hungry, we know. And they just kept on going. Gideon is after the two kings of Midian. Uh, Zeba and Zalmunna, and uh, they were the leaders of the Midianite uh, oppression that had started all this. And so last week, uh, we began to talk about the retribution on some of the Israelites for opposing Gideon's final pursuit. So he has won the initial battle out of 135,000 people. He has whittled this down to 15,000 the army now, and so he's got a few, of course he's still outnumbered, but uh, he's still after them, they are on the run, and now he is dealing with a couple of, of people, or, or a couple different peoples in his own nation, his own country, that refuse to help him, and they find out that God does not look kindly on anyone that tries to hinder his work, especially not those in the household of faith, or those that are in the uh, that were part of God's people. Sooner or later, those anyone who opposes God's work will face judgment for that. So we looked at the provoking of the retribution, and then we uh, uh, looked at some of the pursuit, and then we'll look today at the punishment as well. Uh, but uh, Gideon and his 300, they passed over the Jordan River. They pursued the two kings. Uh, they were faint yet pursuing, the Bible says, as we just read. They were in great need of physical nourishment. Uh, so Gideon did the normal thing. He asked people whose land he was going through at that time. Remember, in his own nation, all right, this was a support the troops opportunity. And so he asked for food in the towns that they passed through. He came to the leaders of Succoth and Penuel. The, they, he said in verse 5, Give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they are faint, and I am pursuing after Zeba, and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. Uh, noble cause, God-called cause, something to get behind. The no reason they should refuse, but they refused. Uh, he, the cause that he was a part of uh, was a noble cause worthy of their support. It was wrong on a lot of levels. They were acting cowardly. Uh, the leaders of Succoth and Penuel lacked the courage to do God's work and so they, they basically played the part of a coward. They weren't going to help Gideon 
unless, we'll read the verse in a minute, but they weren't going to help Gideon unless he already had the kings in his hand. In other words, he already had won the battle. They're not going to help him. They're not going to risk it that maybe they'll deal with Midian's wrath if Gideon fails. So this cowardice to take a stand against evil for fear of some reprisal or uh, fear of uh, the opinions of other people, spiritual cowardice is still, of course, with us today, but this was just reprehensible that they would not uh, help Gideon uh, fight and defeat this army. Gideon's men, they were, they were on the verge of not being able to go any further. They needed food, they needed nourishment. Nope, we're not giving you any bread. Amazing. They acted traitorously. They aided the enemy. You don't have to go and fight with Midian to betray God's people. Just refusing to help them uh, was a traitorous act. You cannot be neutral. We're going to see this in how Gideon deals with them when he comes back. You can't be neutral. And in God's work, you can't be neutral either. We have to choose, like Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Our, uh, the God of your fathers or the God in whose land you dwell, you've got to make that choice. We cannot sit on the fence. We have to make a choice. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 30, He that is not with me is against me. There is no such thing as a Switzerland Christian. There's no such thing as a neutral Christian. We have to choose a side. That's why God said, uh, Jesus said in Revelation, I would that you were hot nor cold, but if you are lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Lukewarmness, uh, half-baked half Christianity makes God sick. Can I just encourage you tonight, get in or get out. Get in, obviously, is what we would want you to do, but just halfway uh, business of just dabbling in Christianity. No, but God doesn't like people to just to dabble. Get in. Get on board. And that's what these people should have done here, but they didn't. If you do not support him, you're against him because there's no such thing as being neutral with God. They also acted selfishly. Gideon only asked for bread. That's all he did. We'd like some bread. Didn't ask him to fight with them. Didn't ask him to arm up and join them. Just give us some bread. They were so selfish they wouldn't even part with any bread. Consider all that Gideon and his 300 had done up to this point. And it's interesting to me. Let's actually read the verses. I keep talking about it. Uh, but let's look at it. Um, okay, I have to find it here. Uh, verse 6. This is after his request for bread. And the princes of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in thine hand, that we should give bread unto thine army? So essentially, Gideon, you haven't won the battle yet. You expect us to get behind you, and you haven't even got the kings in hand. You could lose this battle. How, how evil on their part. Has Gideon and his 300 not proved that God's behind them to this point? They have, they have survived and been victorious uh, with 300 against 135,000. I think that's pretty clear who side God is on. But here is what people, one thing you have to remember, uh, people that are going to be uh, dissenters or against God's work, uh, Christians that are going to be uh, out of God's will and making trouble, if they don't respect the work, they won't respect the worker. And here, obviously, they didn't have any respect for Gideon, and nor did they have any respect for what he was doing. Look at the cause again that he's a part of. But here what they all only focus on is what he has not done. 
They don't focus on the fact that 300 men stood against this army of 135,000, blew a trumpet, broke a pitcher, held up a lamp, yelled the, the battle cry, the sword of the Lord and Gideon, and defeated this gigantic army with a mere 300. Don't look at that. Don't look at the fact that they've chased with the Ephraimites already taken a couple of the kings and had another great victory. Don't look at any of that. Don't look at the fact that here is 15,000 running scared for their life from 300. Just focus on what you haven't done, what Gideon hasn't done. He doesn't have them in his hand yet. Uh, it's, a, it's a lesson for us in God's work. Anytime you try to do something for God, and we've spent a, a, a whole I think two weeks on talking about the critical spirit of the Ephraimites and, and then we also see it here. We're gonna, you're going to face criticism. You're going to face that, that critical spirit. We can't let it stop us. Faint yet pursuing. Keep on going. Gideon didn't stop when the Ephraimites were, getting, were criticizing. Gideon's not going to stop for these folks here. He just kept on going. Um, the pursuit of Gideon was successful but it was only successful because he was steadfast. True success always includes steadfastness. Uh, the steadfastness of Gideon and his 300 is, is absolutely exceptional. Gideon, uh, we talked about last week as well, did not, w was not satisfied with partial victory. He could have kind of rested on his laurels. He chased the army out of Israel. They went back. But he didn't. He, he chased them down. He finished the job. He would not quit until he had quit, completely defeated them. We saw last week there was hundreds of years after this that they didn't cause any trouble for Israel anymore because Gideon took care of the problem. Yet pursuing, verse 4. I just want to look at those words for a minute there. Faint, yet pursuing. Uh, they weren't stopped by difficulties. And, and I just want you to focus as we kind of put the focus on that tonight. Because every one of us in our Christian life has difficulties. Everyone in our natural life, we have difficulties because life isn't easy. There's uh, troubles, there's trials, there are things that come up that we did not plan for. There are things that pop up that were not on our schedule. They just happen. What do we do when difficulties come? Heard, I mean, just a few minutes ago, congestive heart failure. What do we do? we get news like that what do we do when when there's sickness in the family or another family we were praying for tonight that's facing some real financial difficulty because of illness what do we do these illnesses these things will happen so it the bible says faint yet pursuing faint meaning exhausted weak uh yet pursuing they were few in number yet pursuing they were unsupported by their own people yet pursuing they were criticized in the work yet pursuing Look at that first, they were weak in strength. Gideon and the 300 men, verse 4, that were with him, faint yet pursuing. The statement here rebukes our lack of dedication in the Lord's work. He was not, or these men were not faint through delinquency. They were faint through duty. They were faint because they were doing what they were supposed to do. And not because of a delinquent attitude. Gideon and his army experienced faintness because they were uh, lack of sleep. They were up all night. They, they lack of taking any nourishment. They had no time to eat. They had expended great amounts of energy. They had traveled 25 miles plus over uh, overland by foot, and they were chasing this army, not to mention the tremendous emotional expend, 
expending that would be done. Remember we talked about them standing around this great giant army, 300 men, and they had to commit to scream and yell the sword of the Lord and Gideon. I mean, if you're 300 and they're 135,000, that's a scary feat. Yet they did it. And all this, they were, they were fatigued. I mean, this is going to wear on you. They were not weary of the work. They were weary in the work. Yet pursuing. Yet they continued. Gideon sought relief from Succoth and Penuel, did not get it, but God supplied the need. Uh, later, we'll see a little later, that God infused this army with some extra strength that was actually miraculous to keep them going. And God will do the same for us. When we have expended our energies, we have given it all that we have, and we feel like we can't do any more, He will not forsake us. The Bible promises us in His Word, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Philippians 4, 13. My strength, he says, is made perfect in your weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. These are great promises from Scripture. We've got to remember where our strength comes from. And it did so for Gideon. Secondly, he was few in number. Remember, he was still outnumbered 50 to 1. I mean, this would have been bad odds to start with. But the fact that they were 435 to 1, I guess this sounds pretty good. Hey, we're only outnumbered 50 to 1. This is pretty good. That's where they're at now. But hey, numbers never scare God. He says, turn your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus chapter 26, great verse here. And uh, verse number 3, Leviticus 26, verse number 3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. Now skip down to verse 8. He says a lot of things he will do. And five of you shall chase an hundred. And an hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. Numbers do not scare God. Your problems do not scare God. Look, I know a lot of us. A lot of people in our nation, Christians and unchristian alike, are chewing their fingernails, worried and stressed out about this upcoming election. And can I tell you, God's not worried. He's not going to be surprised. He's not shocked by events. He's not run by these things. Uh, He's outnumbered. Yes, we're outnumbered. Absolutely we are outnumbered today in our society, in our culture. Christians are outnumbered. Doesn't matter to God. Numbers have never scared him. Number three, he was unsupported by his people, his own people. Gideon's army, uh, they were in need of food. They were turned down by their own people. Listen, it's very difficult to keep going in the work of God when we're not supported by our own people. That's why in, within the walls of our church, within the family of our church, we ought to support and help one another as we move forward in the Lord's work. Not criticize, but support. How shameful it is that Gideon's own people would not support him. Uh, But this problem, again, is not unique to his day. Uh, Missionaries, pastors, other Christian workers, uh, anybody who's doing anything for God is going to experience this. And God's servants, we got to learn not to quit the fight when others will not help or get involved. It's just something, I remember as a youth pastor, one time my, my and I, was, I had six kids, 
I worked about 60 hours a week at a job. I commuted almost an hour to get there, so it was you add that on to every day. And uh, church Sunday night, I think in eight years, I think I missed one Wednesday night due to a snowstorm, real bad snowstorm. Uh, and it just, I just made it work. I was always there. And then I had to do, pastor had all kinds, you met him last year, Pastor Jackson, he was a slave driver. And uh, so I had all kinds of stuff I had to be involved in. It's very, very, very busy. And uh, so pastor told me, I was preparing for a youth activity once and I said, I got to, you got to uh, get, Name to name, you gotta get so and so. Get him involved. He needs to get involved in doing some stuff. Give him some tasks that he can do to help you prepare for the youth activity. And uh, so I did. I went to him. I said uh, his name. I said I'd, I'd like for you to help me out with this activity. I just got a list of a couple of things. I mean, it involved going to the store, getting a couple of things, and just uh, just a little running around. Oh, he said, I, I I'd love to help you. I just don't have time. He had no job. He was on disability. <laughs> He had no, he lived by himself, he really had no family, had no real responsibilities that I knew of. I got, I just don't have time. And you say that to somebody who was running around like a chicken with his head cut off, like me, you know, it was hard to, to swallow. Um, point being, sometimes, sometimes you are carrying a load. Sometimes you're going to do more than others. And sometimes you're going to ask for help and not get it. Sometimes it's going to feel like you're doing more than anybody else in the church is doing, but you're not being appreciated for it, and nobody notices. Can I tell you, just keep on going. Just keep on serving. Faint yet pursuing. That's their attitude here. didn't matter if they weren't going to help them. I, I can't imagine Gideon coming back to his men. Well, they're not going to give us any food. What? They're not going to feed us anything? They're not giving us anything. You know what we're going to do? We're going to press on. And they're hungry, and they're tired, and they're fatigued. And bless the Lord, they kept on pressing on. What a blessing that is, and a great example for us. Number four, he was criticized in his work. We've talked about this at length, but, but it, 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 it was a problem that Gideon had to overcome if he was going to be steadfast in his work. Gideon first experienced this treatment with the Ephraimites. They were critical, unjustified in the things they said to him, but Gideon didn't stop. Now here... They, he gets it again, but guess what? He still doesn't stop. He just keeps on going in the work. If we're going to be found faithful, we will ignore the criticism of others and just keep on going for the Lord. Now, again, if you haven't heard it, you should go back maybe and listen to it. We did talk, give a whole message on the benefits of criticism. So let's not ignore it, but let's not let it stop us. Okay? And then uh, look at the success of the pursuit. If we go down to, <coughs> we're back here... Uh, I guess I should go back to where I was. Judges chapter 8 and verse number 11. This is after he's been refused food and help. He went up by the way of them that dwelt in tents, the east of Nobah, and, and uh, jog Bihah, and smote the host, for the host was secure. I guess they weren't that secure, were they? <laughs> Talk about that in a minute. When Zeba and Zilmuna fled, he pursued after them and took the two kings of Midian. Zeb and Zalmunin discomfited all the host. He experienced great success here. Uh, we see the miracle, the, the, the warning, and the encouragement. The miracle, he could not have accomplished this great success without a divine miracle. Now, it doesn't talk about it, uh, but it had to be there or Gideon wouldn't have succeeded. They were, uh, they were faint in verse 5. They're pursuing... And when you're faint, you're not going to just continue and go to battle without some kind of help or strength. 
and we can assume by the fact that they had success that God gave them that. Because they got no help, they got no bread, or maybe they had another way of the Lord provided food for them, it doesn't say. But they needed the miracle. They were already faint before they did that final pursuit. They had to continue on empty stomachs. The only way that they could accomplish it if God did come through, which it looks like he did. So the fight against Midian began with a miracle, and then it also ended with a miracle. Remember all the way back in the beginning. Remember when first the angel came to Gideon? Remember what Gideon's question to him was? Where are all God's miracles? Chapter 6, verse 13. Where are all God's miracles at? Well, now he sees some of them, doesn't he? God's still in the business of doing his work. Now, you see the warning here in verse 11. It says, the host was secure when Gideon came upon them. So this means the Midianites thought, is essentially saying what they thought they were, secure. They uh, had escaped. They no longer needed to worry. They got complacent. They were not ready for him. They were not expecting him. They were secure. They had no chance to escape when Gideon uh, quickly smote them in verse 12. This careless Midianite, thinking himself secure when he is not, pictures many a sinner. The word secure means to trust, to rely on, to be confident. Uh, to have no fear of God or his punishments. That's exactly where most uh, sinners are today. They think they can get away with their sin and escape condemnation. Talk to most people. They think that little good life they live or the good things they do will make up for any bad that they do and they'll escape any consequences of their sin. They certainly, <coughs> the normal John Q. public, does not worry much about the judgment of God. But sooner or later it will come and none will escape. Unless we come to God, get forgiveness through Jesus Christ, sin will be punished. No sinner will, be, will escape. No sinner is secure, just like Midian wasn't. Security, or the, the, uh, the feeling of security that people have will prove to be false. The only security against divine judgment is divine forgiveness, which is available to every single person that comes to Jesus Christ. And then we see the encouragement. Gideon's success is encouraging to us because we see clearly that it is possible to live victoriously in the most difficult times. We need that encouragement. I don't know if you do, but I do. Living in times like we do, our world <clears throat> does not give much promise to godliness. doesn't support godliness. <clears throat> Evil seems to be firmly in control today in our society, even as it was uh, with the Midianites for seven years in Israel. In America, we can just look around. You'll see the promoters of evil thrive. Laws are passed to support and protect wickedness, homosexuality, alcohol, gambling, rampant in our society today. Our government still funds the murder of innocent children in the womb through the wicked Planned Parenthood. Uh, God has been taken out of our schools uh, they, and, and removed from as much as they can take. A lot of places in America can't even put up a, a Christmas scene in your lawn anymore. It seems righteousness is not only losing the battle, but it has little hope of ever overcoming evil. But we cannot get discouraged. We've got to keep on 
because, uh, hey, one day everyone's going to bow before the Lord Jesus Christ. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. He is the great Gideon of all time. Just when evil thinks it is secure, it has absolute control, Christ will appear. 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself shall descend heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Evil will be destroyed. Righteousness will rule again. But we don't have to wait until that day. That day might not be that far off, amen? Seems like it's coming closer. Well, I know it's one day closer than it was yesterday. I know that for sure. It's drawing closer. But we don't have to wait until that day the return of Christ to experience a Gideon-type victory. We can still do great things through the power of God today. Yes, we face many Midianite-type foes. Yes, we have difficulties. Yes, the hatred against Christians is increasing. And don't put your head in the sand about that. Our society today hate Christians. I mean, it is a, it's, it's not just... They're ignoring us. They hate us. And uh, it's getting worse and worse. But with faith in God, we can still accomplish what seems impossible. Listen, if Gideon can have victory with the Midianites, with the few people he had, with the power of God, in spite of all the difficulties he faced, then we can accomplish great things for God too, through great disadvantages. And this is encouraging for us looking at Gideon's success. Can I tell you tonight, people can still get saved. Amen? Lives can still be changed. Marriages can still be saved. Children can still be raised to love and honor God. It's not impossible. Is it difficult? Yes, it is. Is it impossible? No, it's not. Hey, great things are never easy. Anything worth doing is not going to be simple. It's going to take some steadfastness, some commitment. So let us be like Gideon, where we are faint yet pursuing. As a parent, be faint yet pursuing. As a husband, as a wife, be faint yet pursuing. As a child of God, be faint yet pursuing. Let's not let evil get the victory. Amen? We can see through Gideon's example that God steps in. When we are faithful, when we keep on doing what He wants us to do, He always, always holds up His end. Always. We can trust Him. And so let's be faithful in doing that. Next week we're going to start with the... Uh, when Gideon's going to... He's going to lay out the punishment for these people that wouldn't help him. be interesting because it's going to be a little surprising how he responds to no bread and uh, the strong response to the traitorous acts. Father, we thank you.